Section 10 of The Red and the Black, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Red and the Black, Volume 2 by Stendhal. Translated by Horace B. Samuel. Chapter 40 Queen Marguerite love in what madness do you not manage to make us find pleasure letters of a portuguese nun julien reread his letters how ridiculous i must have appeared in the eyes of that parisian doll he said to himself when the dinner bell rang how foolish to have really told her what i was thinking perhaps it was not so foolish telling the truth on that occasion was worthy of me why did she come to question me on personal matters that question was indiscreet on her part she broke the convention my thoughts about danton are not part of the sacrifice which her father pays me to make when he came into the dining-room julien's thoughts were distracted from his bad temper by mademoiselle de la mole's mourning which was all the more striking because none of the other members of the family were in black after dinner he felt completely rid of the feeling which had obsessed him all day fortunately the academician who knew latin was at dinner that's the man who will make the least fun of me said julien to himself if as i surmise my question about mademoiselle de la mole's mourning is in bad taste mathilde was looking at him with a singular expression so this is the coquetry of the women of this part of the country just as madame de renal described it to me said julien to himself i was not nice to her this morning i did not humor her caprice of talking to me i got up in value in her eyes the devil doubtless is no loser by it later on her haughty disdain will manage to revenge herself i defy her to do her worst what a contrast with what i have lost what charming naturalness what naivety i used to know her thoughts before she did herself i used to see them come into existence the only rival she had in her heart was the fear of her children's death it was a reasonable natural feeling to me and even though i suffered from it i found it charming i have been a fool the ideas I had in my head about Paris prevented me from appreciating the sublime woman Great God what a contrast and what do I find here arid haughty vanity all the fine shades of wounded egotism and nothing more They got up from table. I must not let my academician get snapped up said Julien to himself He went up to him as they were passing into the garden assumed an air of soft submissiveness and shared in his fury against the success of her nanny if only we were still in the days of lettres de cachet he said then he would not have dared exclaimed the academician with a gesture worthy of talma julien quoted some words from virgil's georgics in reference to a flower and expressed the opinion that nothing was equal to the abbe de lille's verses in a word he flattered the academician in every possible way he then said to him with the utmost indifference 
I suppose Mademoiselle de la Mole has inherited something from some uncle for whom she is in mourning. What? You belong to the house? said the academician, stopping short. And you do not know her folly? As a matter of fact, it is strange her mother should allow her to do such things. But between ourselves, they do not shine in this household exactly by their force of character. Mademoiselle's share has to do for all of them and governs them Today is the 30th of April and the academician stopped and looked meaningly at Julien Julien smiled with the most knowing expression he could master What connection can there be between ruling a household wearing a black dress and the 30th of April? He said to himself. I must be even sillier than I thought I must confess he said to the academician while he continued to question him with his look Let us take a turn around the garden said the academician delighted at seeing an opportunity of telling a long and well-turned story What is it really possible? You do not know what happened on the 30th of April 1574 and where said Julia in astonishment at the Place de Grève Julien was extremely astonished that these words did not supply him with a key His curiosity and his expectation of a tragic interest which would be in such harmony with his own character Gave his eyes that brilliance which the teller of the story likes to see so much in the person who is listening to him The academician was delighted at finding a virgin ear and narrated at length to Julien how Boniface de la Mole the handsomest young man of this century together with Annabal de Coconasso His friend a gentleman of Piedmont had been beheaded on the 30th of April 1574 La Mole was the adored lover of Queen Marguerite of Navarre and Observe continued the academician that mademoiselle de la Mole's full name is Mathilde Marguerite La Mole was at the same time a favorite of the Duke d'Alençon and the intimate friend of his mistress's husband the king of Navarre subsequently Henri the fourth on Shrove Tuesday of that year 1574 the court happened to be at Saint-Germain with the poor King Charles the ninth who was dying La Mole wished to rescue his friends the princes whom Queen Catherine de Medici was keeping prisoner in her court he advanced 200 cavalry under the walls of Saint-Germain the Duke d'Alençon was frightened and La Mole was thrown to the executioner But the thing which affects mademoiselle Mathilde and which she has admitted to me herself seven or eight years ago when she was 12 is a head a head and the academician lifted up his eyes to the heavens What struck her in this political catastrophe was the hiding of Queen Marguerite de Navarre in a house in the Place de Grève and her then asking for her lover's head At midnight on the following day she took that head in her carriage and went and buried it herself in a chapel at the foot of the hill of Montmartre Impossible cried Julien really moved Mademoiselle Mathilde despises her brother because as you see he does not bother one whit about this ancient history and never wears mourning on the 30th of April it is since the time of this celebrated execution and in order to recall the intimate friendship of la mole for the said coconasso who Italian that he was bore the name of Annibal 
that all the men of that family bear that name and added the academician lowering his voice this coconasso was according to charles the ninth himself one of the cruelest assassins of the twenty fourth of august fifteen seventy two but how is it possible my dear sorrow that you should be ignorant of these things you who take your meals with the family so that is why mademoiselle de la mole twice called her brother annibal at dinner i thought i had heard wrong it was a reproach it is strange that the marquise should allow such follies the husband of that great girl will have a fine time of it this remark was followed by five or six satiric phrases julien was shocked by the joy which shone in the academician's eyes we are just a couple of servants he thought engaged in talking scandal about our masters but i ought not to be astonished at anything this academy man does julien had surprised him on his knees one day before the marquise de la mole he was asking her for a tobacco receivership for a nephew in the provinces in the evening a little chambermaid of mademoiselle de la mole who was paying court to julien just as elisa used to do gave him to understand that her mistress's mourning was very far from being worn simply to attract attention this eccentricity was rooted in her character she really loved that la mole the beloved lover of the most witty queen of the century who had died through trying to set his friends at liberty and what friends the first prince of the blood and henri the fourth accustomed as he had been to the perfect naturalness which shone throughout madame de renal's whole demeanour julien could not help finding all the women of paris affected and though by no means of a morose disposition found nothing to say to them mademoiselle de la mole was an exception he now began to cease taking for coldness of heart that kind of beauty which attaches importance to a noble bearing he had long conversations with mademoiselle de la mole who would sometimes walk with him in the garden after dinner she told him one day that she was reading the history of d'aubine and also brantome strange books to read thought julien and the marquis does not allow her to read walter scott's novels she told him one day with that pleased brilliancy in her eyes which is the real test of genuine admiration about a characteristic act of a young woman of the reign of henry the third which she had just read in the memoirs of l'etoile finding her husband unfaithful she stabbed him julien's vanity was flattered a person who was surrounded by so much homage and who governed the whole house according to the academician deigned to talk to him on a footing almost resembling friendship i made a mistake thought julien soon afterwards this is not familiarity i am simply the confidant of a tragedy she needs to speak to someone i pass in this family for a man of learning i will go and read brantome d'aubigne l'etoile i shall then be able to challenge some of the anecdotes which madame de la mole speaks to me about I want to leave off this role of the passive confidant his conversations with this young girl whose demeanor was so impressive and yet so easy gradually became more interesting he forgot his grim role of the rebel plebeian he found her well informed and even logical her opinions in the gardens were very different to those which she owned to in the salon 
Sometimes she exhibited an enthusiasm and a frankness which were an absolute contrast to her usual cold haughtiness The wars of the league were the heroic days of France She said to him one day with eyes shining with enthusiasm Then everyone fought to gain something which he desired for the sake of his party's triumph and not just in order to win a cross as in the days of your emperor Admit that there was less and less egotism and less pettiness. I love that century And Boniface de la Mole was the hero of it he said to her at least he was loved in a way that it was perhaps sweet to be loved What woman alive now would not be horrified at touching the head of her decapitated lover? Madame de la Mole called her daughter to be effective Hypocrisy ought to hide itself yet Julien had half confided his admiration for Napoleon to mademoiselle de la Mole Julien remained alone in the garden That is the immense advantage they have over us. He said to himself their ancestors lift them above vulgar sentiments and they have not got always to be thinking about their subsistence What misery he added bitterly I am not worthy to discuss these great matters my life is nothing more than a series of hypocrisies because I have not got a thousand francs a year with which to buy my bread and butter Mathilde came running back What are you dreaming about monsieur? She said to him Julien was tired of despising himself through sheer pride. He frankly told her his thoughts He blushed a great deal while talking to such a person about his own poverty he tried to make it as plain as he could that he was not asking for anything Mathilde never thought him so handsome she detected in him an expression of frankness and sensitiveness Which he often lacked Within a month of this episode Julien was pensively walking in the garden of the hotel But his face had no longer the hardness and philosophic superciliousness Which the chronic consciousness of his inferior position had caused to write upon it he had just escorted mademoiselle de la mole to the door of the salon she said she had hurt her foot while running with her brother she leaned on my arm in a very singular way said julien to himself am i a coxcomb or is it true that she has taken a fancy to me she listens to me so gently even when i confess to her all the sufferings of my pride she too who is so haughty to everyone they would be very astonished in the salon if they saw that expression of hers It is quite certain that she does not show anyone else such sweetness and goodness Julien endeavored not to exaggerate this singular friendship He himself compared it to an armed truce When they met again each day they almost seemed before they took up the most intimate tone of the previous day to ask themselves are we going to be friends or enemies today? Julien had realized that to allow himself to be insulted with impunity even once by this haughty girl would mean the loss of everything If I have got to quarrel would it not be better that it should be straight away in defending the rights of my own pride Rather than in parrying the expressions of contempt which would follow the slightest abandonment of my duty to my own self-respect on many occasions on days when she was in a bad temper Mathilde tried to play the great lady with him These attempts were extremely subtle, but Julien rebuffed them roughly 
One day he brusquely interrupted her has mademoiselle de la mole any orders to give her father's secretary he said to her if so he must listen to her orders and execute them but apart from that he has not got a single word to say to her he is not paid to tell her his thoughts this kind of life together with the singular surmises which it occasioned dissipated the boredom which he had been accustomed to experience in that magnificent salon where every one was afraid and where any kind of jest was in bad form it would be humorous if she loved me but whether she loves me or not went on julien i have for my confidential friend a girl of spirit before whom i see the whole household quake while the marquis de croisenois does so more than anyone else yes to be sure that same young man who is so polite so gentle and so brave and who has combined all those advantages of birth and fortune a single one of which will put my heart at rest he is madly in love with her he ought to marry her how many letters has monsieur de la mole made me write to those two notaries in order to arrange the contract and i though i am an absolute inferior when i have my pen in my hand why i triumph over that young man two hours afterwards in this very garden for after all her preference is striking and erect perhaps she hates him because she sees in him a future husband she is haughty enough for that as for her kindness to me i receive it in my capacity of confidential servant but no i am either mad or she is making advances to me the colder and more respectful i show myself to her the more she runs after me it may be a deliberate piece of affectation but i see her eyes become animated when i appear unexpectedly can the women of paris manage to act to such an extent what does it matter to me i have appearances in my favor let us enjoy appearances heavens how beautiful she is how i like her great blue eyes when i see them at close quarters and they look at me in the way they often do what a difference between this spring and that of last year when I lived an unhappy life among three hundred dirty malicious hypocrites and only kept myself afloat through sheer force of character I was almost as malicious as they were that young girl is making fun of me Julien would think in his suspicious days she is acting in concert with her brother to make a fool of me but she seems to have an absolute contempt for her brother's lack of energy he is brave and that is all he has not a thought which dares to deviate from the conventional it is always i who have to take up the cudgels in his defence a young girl of nineteen can one at that age act up faithfully every second of the day to the part which one has determined to play on the other hand whenever mademoiselle de la mole fixes her eyes on me with a singular expression comte norbert always goes away i think that suspicious ought he not to be indignant at his sister singling out a servant of her household for that is how i heard the duc de chaumes speak about me this recollection caused anger to supersede every other emotion it is simply a fashion for old-fashioned phraseology on the part of the eccentric duke well she is pretty continued julien with a tigerish expression i will have her i will then go away and woe to him who disturbs me in my flight this idea became julien's sole preoccupation 
he could not think of anything else his days passed like hours every moment when he tried to concentrate on some important matter his mind became a blank and he would wake up a quarter of an hour afterwards with a beating heart and an anxious mind brooding over the idea does she love me end of chapter 40